This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be And now your host, TJ. Yeah, this has got to be short. This has got to be short. All right. So it's the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Back again with the usual cast of characters. I've got hot senior editor of Hot Time in Old Town, Pat. Hi. It's great to be with it? you, TJ. It, it is wonderful to have you back. And, of course, yes. We it, is it, are, did we decide is it going to be COVID Chris or is it going to be Conspiracy Chris still? I still like Conspiracy all right, then, we'll, then we will leave it with Conspiracy Chris. Conspiracy Chris, how was how life north of the Cheddar Curtain? Uh, who knows? Every day is the same now. He's got a new show he's watching. I know about that. He's got a new show he's watching. It's not Pretty Tiger cool. King. We've done that already. No, nah, Tiger we, King's over. I'm waiting. Has the new episode come out? I didn't. I haven't checked uh, last night or something. I'll check right now while you tell us about your new show on um, I have begun watching uh, Letter Kenny on Hulu, which is sort of like uh, an adult live-action Canadian South Park. Um, there's a lot of Canadian slang that goes by very quickly, and it's very hard to keep track uh, what what some of it means. You have to sort of pick up uh, uh, meaning by context, but it is pretty hilarious to do a lot of stupid things. Um, they sit and make fun of each other and uh, uh, and get drunk and fight. As far as I can tell. <laughs> so, so Chris, is is this a show that if we weren't in a quarantine environment, you would have watched otherwise? Um, I don't know. Uh, in general, as as we know, I'm not. Uh, I do not tend to partake in in things Canadian. You do. So, um, you are very anti-Canada, which I've never. Which quite is funny because I, I I have some Canadian friends now. So um, now, now, um, <laughs> that's a that's a racist say about uh, I have a black friend. <laughs> <laughs> but only Chris. It's he has a. Canadian I have friend. some Canadian friends. Um, uh, anyway, um, uh, so uh, I, I'd heard about this show, and I heard it was one to watch during during all this so i i decided to uh uh take a shot and yeah it's 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 pretty funny like uh one of the first episodes we're talking about like how uh their their friend uh i don't he was doing something a like Taurus nut sack and, and they're like it's not like you mean a scrotal sack and then they have to get all like technical <laughs> with it and then they're like if i tore my scrotal sack i'd be afraid of seeing my vast deference <laughs> I think anytime the Vaz deference gets mentioned, that's a good show. <laughs> so it's all so right, ridiculous. <laughs> it's something Letter that Kenny like on no, no Letter one, Kenny yeah, on Letter Hulu. Kenny on, on Hulu. Um, it's something that like only probably the three of us <laughs> find funny of uh, of anyone listening. The uh, bonus episode of Tiger King still is not out. All right, they say it's this week. Yeah. All right. So, other than sitting and refreshing Netflix to see if the bonus episode of Tiger King has come out, Pat, what are you watching in a quarantine environment? So, I ran through Tiger King and I uh, also watched the English game. And what else? Did I add something else to that? It, I rewatched the Thierry Henry documentary on Amazon just to kind of get myself in that uh mindset and then yeah I, i'm i'm reading uh stuff like that uh managing children's fights writing for hot time in old town yeah so it's uh i don't know what the next show is i'm going to watch um i've always the one show i've never seen is the wire uh so i'm always kind of thinking about restarting that and better call Saul is almost over for the season, which is absolutely phenomenal. The last episode was like every bit as good as anything on breaking bad. Uh, so I think maybe after better call Saul's over, I might, I might try to start the wire. Okay. So I'd love to say I have, I get any chance to watch that stuff, but by the time 
I get control of the TV. It's usually I'm half asleep, so I've been trying to k- complete Sunderland till I die. But you know what? I never finished the first season of that. And so I watched I the first I... season, and I think I I stopped in the second. Is it now on a third? No, the second no, just it, came out. The second just came oh. out. Oh, well, I wonder. Maybe I, I think I stopped first. in the I watched, I stopped in the first season because I knew what was going to happen. But it's I guess. I loved the Man City documentary, even though I hate Man City, and I knew what was going to happen there, too, so that's no excuse. So I probably do need to go back, and I actually, that was probably next on the list was that, to go back and watch Sunderland till I die. Um, but I'll need to start it over, because I don't remember. I'm somewhere in the middle of, like, the first couple of episodes. Not that it's bad, I just, I watch it when I'm getting ready for bed, or I'm in bed, and it's, I get tired quickly, so I haven't been, and again, I, I, I wonder, though, now I know they get, you know, they've already been relegated. They get relegated again. Is I wonder if that's going to take away from the show, knowing the ultimate result at the end of it is going to. I don't know. I, I the one thing I wish with that show is, from what I remember, Lyndon Gooch was not a main character, and I kind of wish he was. I, I had I remember when I started watching it, I had hoped that he um, would play more of a, uh, be more of a factor. Okay, so. And you guys both recommend the English game, is that correct? I have not gotten that far. That was going to be after. I yeah, it's Sunderland, pretty good. It's it's um the the soccer scenes are if you're hoping for like a wide shot or anything like that, there's not a lot of that. It's a lot of tight up close. Basically, you get punched in the gut and fall down, and somebody steals the leather ball from you. But as far as like the you know the shots of the stadium or uh, and some of the storylines, I thought were especially the historically based ones I thought were pretty cool. The there's like some love triangle stuff that I'm not so sure actually happened. That's thrown in there too, that I don't know that we really need, but, um, but yeah, I liked it. It's only like, it's like an English series. So it's only six episodes or something like that. Um, but it's worth your time. Okay. So there's a, there's the a little bit of it. It's just how depressing everything kind of is because it's like the people are like, yeah, we don't have anything else going on. Uh, the whole area is depressed, and uh, yeah, and, so it's uh, so it's no different than today. And really. Out of work. The craziest thing, the craziest thing for me, and this isn't giving away too much, is is the uh, the main uh, character's friend, like this the Scotty Pippen to his Michael Jordan, breaks his leg, and it's unclear whether he's going to live for a period of time. So like. <laughs> It's like, am I going to play again? Like, we don't know if you're going to even live. And he he doesn't play again. His leg's all messed up, but it just shows you how far medicines come, even though we're all dying because of uh, COVID. But, um, the Rona. But, but, like, they were going to put this guy down like a horse because of his broken leg, which, you know. If he, di- if he dies, he it's, dies. It was, like an Aaron, it was an Aaron Ramsey level, Shawcross Aaron Ramsey level tackle that, uh, from what I could tell. Um, so, Glad he didn't die. Oh, would it might have taken away a little bit from the show? That's for sure. I mean, you know, these reality things. So, I mean, I mean, the name is Sunderland till I die. So, fair. If well, someone we're talking about die, that, or, or we, it's kind we're talking of, about the English game. game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, I was I was behind then. Uh, I've not made it to that point. So, there's also a. Uh, Amazon did a Borussia Dortmund series that I never really watched. It's in German, but you know, it in theory would have Polisic in it because he was still there at the time. Um, they did that. That was like the the following season after the Man City one that everybody liked, and I never watched that. So maybe I'll go back and and watch that one too. I'm sure Alex has watched it. Was the one this year was supposed to be Spurs? Was it not? It was supposed to be, and everybody was excited because it was Jose Mourinho. Well, and, and it was going to be, right. and it was going to—they're going to crash and burn. So it was going to be outstanding that way, anyway. Yeah, hopefully we still get to see it. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, would you if you think they should include anything that's happened post COVID hiatus with Spurs and how wonderful they're handling the, the their public relations? <laughs> I mean, obviously they are terrible and we knew that, but now we're really getting a sense of how terrible they are. 
But I will tell you that in, in covering the fire and you found out in covering the Red Stars, TJ, some of the quarantine stories are pretty fantastic. So in that sense, yes, they should include that. And then they should make it look as bad as possible for the club because it's Spurs. But um, who? But yeah, the, yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, but yeah, it's it's, you know, it's interesting when professional athletes have to shut down everything how they're dealing with it so at least i think right. so no i i i and pat i agree 100 percent that i the interview i did it was it was absolutely it was fascinating because because for my world of quarantine it's being a dad getting the kids through school every day it's getting work done at work and not having to think of how to deal in with two roommates you've never really lived with, you know, like that whole dynamic was to me was fascinating was, and then trying to stay physical, the physical getting, staying physically ready. I kind of figured that was going to be the emphasis. I was curious about the the amount of soccer they could do being in an apartment. And it sounds like they found a field and can do some of that. But then the mental aspect was kind of where I, where I learned a lot. And it's like, how do you stay ready for something like that when you don't know? Like, Right. For me, it's business as usual. You know, I just instead of being at my desk at work, I'm at, I'm at my desk at home. It's not really that much different in that sense. But how how would you how to mentally prepare for that? That was I thought was kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's for me, it's it, the only difference is I I don't take the, the boys to school. They're here with me now. And then I don't coach at night. It's my day is generally the same except there's no soccer to watch so it's not dramatically different but um i I talked to i think at this point i've talked to four or five fire players and like i talked to jonathan bornstein this week who has two young kids and so basically his time is consumed with helping he lives in like a high-rise in chicago so he's he's basically helping his wife deal with their two little ones and, and sneaking in workouts when it's time to do that but like I also talked to CJ Sapong and, and Fabian uh, Herbers, and they're both living alone. Um, and uh, CJ doesn't even want to go outside at this point because he's he basically just he wants to do all of his workouts in his little apartment. Um, Fabian will go out on a run um, in a like a secluded area that he knows of. But other than that, like he. You know, he's he's talking to his family in Germany. So like everybody's got like unique circumstances, but but um, it was kind of fun to see that that Bornstein's life is not all that different from ours, TJ and, and Chris, where we're <laughs> trying to deal with children. And it's nice to get the extra time to like I've enjoyed spending all this time with them. But like, really, the, for the <laughs> most part, yeah, but like. The, the the no break thing like I don't even have an hour most of the days like right now I do but I, and I'm forced to talk to you on this stupid podcast so um but like, that's the that's the hard part is there's there's like I've been I was editing your story today while TJ while supervising e-learning for my older son and uh trying to make sure my younger son didn't sneak attack him and yell John Cena. So I guess I'm lucky this week. I actually have to go into the office. So I get a little bit of a break this week. Next week I'm back at home with them. So it'll be back to war, war of the war of the children and trying to get them to do their homework and having them. No, I don't want to want to watch TV. I'm going to play video games. I cut them. So Finn does his homework, but he gets like super intense about it being perfect and then like starts throwing a fit when it's not. And I'm like, dude, it's e-learning. We can we can chill out a little bit here. But he's just kind of wired that way. So. So you you mentioned Fabian Herbers um, and then you is that did that one drop this week already? I, no, I've you have not seen that one. Is that one? Yeah. Not, okay. so, the piece tomorrow is I talked to Ben Donachi, who is the fire's performance director about 
how they, so by the time you listen to this, it'll probably be up, um, about how they're trying to keep the team together and fit together. So they come up with like, they came up with like individualized workout plans for each of the guys. And then they started taking all the equipment from Bridgeview to their apartments based on what the guys already had and what they needed for their plans. There were guys that can run outside. There's guys that can't run outside. So they got those guys treadmills and bikes and stuff like that. And then on top of that, they're doing virtual team yoga, which they did the other day and other sorts of like team building uh, exercises to, um, kind of come together and do something at the same time and they do it on zoom. So, um, and then so they've got packed and then they all exactly. Yeah. It's a, some guy comes in and shows his balls. Uh, I don't think that's happened yet, but apparently that's happening in, uh, like children's classrooms and stuff. Um, but yeah, he's got like, there's like a cooking one coming up where they're going to like talk about nutrition and they're having like all their meals are being shipped in, like sent in to like these pre-prepared meals. But, and on top of then they're doing like other workout stuff. And so they, they've got like all these different things they're doing, which obviously no one's ever had to do this before. So they had to make all this stuff up, which is kind of interesting. But um, so yeah, that piece comes out tomorrow and Fabian's going to be a part of that piece. And so is, is uh, Johnny Bornstein. I also talked to Johnny Bornstein about the goal he scored against Costa Rica in the last game of the hex in 2009 uh, so that was a fun little piece. Look back at that. And then uh, I talked to CJ Sapong last week and Kenneth Cronholm last week. So there's a bunch of content up there that you can go read. And if you get bored with all that, then I added a piece with um, my conversation with Zoe Grolsky of the Red Stars, which. Um, yeah, that was fun. Like, it, 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 and, it, and it really was. Like I said, it's um, to me, it finding out about what they can do and what they can't do. And then finding out that the three of them in an apartment who have never lived together, that, that, that's, that could sound like a recipe for disaster. I think, yeah. Like a bigger picture thing there is that the NWSL players got really lucky of the timing of this, that they got that in their contract right before this happened. Cause otherwise they would have all had to go, home somewhere else they wouldn't like i most of them you know julie Ertz can afford wherever she's living but some of the um bottom of the roster players who aren't making a ton of money need that nwsl housing so i think a lot of them got lucky in that regard that she may be stuck with two other roommates but it sounds like they're having fun and she's got a place so that's pretty cool sure no and um and that was actually a whole lot of fun. Hopefully I'll get to do another one of those coming up soon. So we'll see. So that's kind of what we got going on with hot time. Um, but you know, I know you do some coaching for, for Finns club. Are you guys doing anything with the, with the, with the kids or with the players or what do you guys got going right now? Are you guys doing anything? They're sending out um, like uh, weekly plans on stuff they want the kids to work on, but. Honestly, Finn does his own thing most of the time. So I'll show it to him and he'll sometimes he'll do it. And sometimes he'll do whatever he wants, juggle or shoot or dribble or whatever. So he plays every day sure. though. So. Okay. And are they, are, they, are they doing anything like zoom meetings with the, with the teams or anything like that? There has been none of that yet. Because for our club, this, that just started this week. They started doing, zoom meetings with each of the teams to at least get them to talk. And um, I think with the older kids, it's a chance to, I believe from the understanding I'm getting is they're setting up to do where they can challenge each other, you know, however they want to do it. But with the younger kids, it's just a chance to get them in front of each other and let them talk and be kids. And so it's, it's pretty fun that it's pretty good stuff that way. But I mean, realistically, and I'm asking you because you're a coach and, and as as well as I, you know, as I am, does the season even happen? I, I'm starting to have my doubts that it even happens. I have no idea. Honestly, I, I think that there, I know that there's some preparation underway for like a May or June start through July, just to get some kind of games in um, sure. if that's possible. But I, I think that we would need this to be under control. I, I don't think, I mean, I, I know here in Illinois, the schools are out until the end of April at this point, and I don't 
think that we'll see the kids back in school in May. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I hope I'm wrong on that. But but uh, based on, based on the other states that are canceling school, I, I anticipate Illinois will follow suit. And it's interesting. I was talking to a member, one of my in-laws, who's a, an educator as well, and we had such differing opinions. I, I was of the opinion, hey, just go ahead and cancel school and let the kids get into the mindset of this is the new norm, the norm for the rest of the school year and develop some sort of, you know, patterns that way. And her who works in the school district said, absolutely not, because you're going to get those, the ones that shut down are just going to shut down. Absolutely. But oh, yeah. think there's a chance. So, I mean, right. Both arguments were pretty, I thought were pretty valid. No, I, I don't see the need to cancel. It's sort of like with, with people asked about, you know, why hasn't MLS pushed back that May 10th proposed start at this point? I'm like, cause they don't really have to yet. You can just, there's no harm in waiting and seeing and, and seeing how this develops. And in, in, in two weeks or in three weeks, if it looks like the kids can go back to school for a little bit, great. If it looks like in two weeks or three weeks that we might be able to start playing some soccer with maybe no fans in the stands for a month or two, that's great too. Um, it, but there's, I don't think you have to make a, uh, all or nothing decision when there's no pressure point causing you to do that. I, no one knows how exactly how this is going to unfold. And like I, when I talked to CJ Sapong, he brought up the fact that we don't know if this is going to go away for a little bit and then come back in the fall or winter. So um, maybe that screws things up as well. So I, I, sure. I think we're just all kind of in a holding pattern to wait and see if we actually do flatten the curve. And then maybe the health experts can give us the green light to start slowly working some things back in. So I know I was completely against the idea of playing sports without fans in the stands at first, but um, I am not now. I would take, I would take empty stands for a while if that's what we had to do. If that's what it means to actually uh, have something new to, to do at night and to actually see my teams play uh, anything right now. Yeah. I, I, so what's what's filling the void? I mean, obviously, like I said, we talked to the Netflix stuff and everything. What's filling the void for sports, though? I mean, we're we're all sports junkies. Is there anything that you found that does any of this? I mean, what do you yeah. watch old games? For me, the the only good thing about this from a sports standpoint has been the amount of Thierry Henry content that's out there now and the amount of 90s Bulls content, which is about to obviously ratchet up significantly here in a few days. But um, but I, being able to watch, you know, Invincibles games or Thierry Henry highlights or, or 90s Bulls stuff has been really cool for me to see. So I like some of the I've been watching some of the classic stuff that's been on and um, I talked about the the Bornstein goal game from the other night. I watched that too. I, I think that's pretty fun. I watched the 2015 Women's World Cup final when that was on a few weeks ago. I thought that was it's it's fun, even though you know what's going to happen. It's kind of fun looking back at at some of that stuff. It's still not the same, but it's okay. How about you, Chris? Is there anything that what's filling the void for you? Pornography. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, I guess it's uh, Netflix and um, Hulu and Amazon Prime, uh, Disney Plus. I, I guess it's basically TV. Um, are you are you going are you going back and watching old games? Are for I'm, I'm, I mean I'm I'm more for to for actual sports, sports. No, I I mean I did watch. Um, uh, a Blues playoff game uh, replayed the other night from last year, um, but for the most part, I've been kind of avoiding it, uh, just because I know the results. Or even if it's a game I haven't seen, um, knowing I could find the result in a moment sort of takes the um, the the spark away from me. Like I, have never been one to watch, uh, to like record a game and then truly watch it afterwards. Yeah. I haven't been able to, because I, I know eventually I'll get bored. Like, well, okay. 
this is a boring part of the game. What's going to happen? Then I go look up the score, and I'm like, well, I'll just fast forward till the the important things happen. Um, I've never been able to just enjoy a game that that um, wasn't truly live. You know, the thing that I've I've me neither, but I will say this: the thing that I've kind of liked is. I know that the Invincibles won this game, or I know that the Bulls won this game, but I can sit now and just watch Thierry Henry just focus fully yeah. on, or focus fully on Michael Jordan, just every everything he's doing, and watch it more from a appreciation standpoint. Because even though we knew that those two guys were ridiculously good when we had them, to not have them playing anymore, it's when you go back and just appreciate just how amazing they were, yeah, you, yeah. you can watch that watch in a different way. Um, I would say, but, but yeah, it's, it's not, it's, it's not the same because the, the outcome being up in the air all the time is, is what, um, is what makes sports great. It's now I'm not, I'm not depressed all the time because of like Arsenal losing, <laughs> my, my weekends aren't being ruined anymore. Depression oh. is totally different now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a different thing. Now it's, now it's just for the outcomes of life. It's not for... <laughs> it's not like a 9.30 Saturday morning and all of a sudden I'm sad. It's it's I wake up sad for very different reasons. So it's different. It's, and it's, and it's refreshing in that sense. So, and what about the esports? Have you guys caught in, got into any of that? I mean... No. Does any of that interest you get? Okay. No, I don't. One, I don't enjoy watching other people play uh, video games. I just want to do it myself if if that's to be done. And two, I've never really been a fan of FIFA. Yeah, you, you have a, he has conspiracies about how it's rigged or. Hey, no, no, no. It's not like that. I've never really liked the controls, and. I, I I don't know. I, I don't necessarily like the camera view. I've, I've always felt like it's a little too wide, even when you do kind of the 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 more zoomed in one. Um, so I, I feel like to do, especially now that like there are controls of, oh, this is how you like do a step over and then and like to spin around a player. Whatever. It's like, how the hell can I tell what I'm doing when the player's an inch tall, even on a 60 inch screen, you know, like I, whatever it is. Just you know what's coming back, though, Chris? Well, what? NCAA football. <laughs> you going to get the team back together? Maybe. The assholes of Brown Eye State. Chris had the Brown Eye State assholes program, like, number one in the country for several years in a row um, when NCAA football was... I used to... Uh, yeah, I, I used to play uh, college football because I never really liked Madden either. Um, but, uh, I did play college football for a while and yeah, I would, I, I made, I kept making players and I basically made everyone I knew. Um, I know Pat was in there. TJ, I don't know if you were in there at the time. Yeah, but um, you called me Pat McFuckface. <laughs> I, <laughs> you were in my phone as that for a long time. You're nearly in my phone as that now. Nearly. Um, uh, uh, what Chris, yeah. did you change it from Pat McFuckface to Hat McFuckface? It's a uh, McDouchebag. Um, Wonderful. Wonderful. But, uh, I'm so thrilled. Basically, I made... like I, I, I never liked uh, when you could make custom players in games. I didn't like just making them all 99s. Because I felt like that's that's not fair. Like You gotta do something. So what I would do is make everyone I knew, but I would make a comical version of them, kind of. Like, I would make... Uh, um, uh, I'd make a uh, like like a, a guy we knew who um, who exploded about a lot of things. His aggression would be super high, but his uh, like tackling power would be kind of low. So like he would go and hit anybody, but he wasn't necessarily good at it. <laughs> I would do things like that and just make funny versions of players. But I made like everyone, and um, uh, I I kept. Uh, uh, yeah, because I was playing the games, we uh, we still won, and and we would get noted by Sports Illustrated in there. And then at the time, you could graduate them into Madden, so I did finally go buy Madden, and then all those guys got drafted into um, into the NFL, and one of the guys like got drafted, and one of the guys the 
uh, the guy with the really high aggression but uh, poor tackling um, got drafted like number three overall or something to some I don't remember what team, but um, he, uh, he immediately like he spent I think about three games and then got cut or something like that. So yeah, that's coming back. So you'll be able to. So maybe that, yeah, may, maybe I'll go back and do maybe. that. But. So what what about you? What about you, Pat? What games were there other than NCAA? What other games did you play? I mean, through the years, is there anything that stands out? Like, do you have any good stories like Chris had? In that no. sense, from video. Okay, the only I one I can think many of. Many games, TJ. What's that? Many games, starting with Mike Tyson's punch out. Mike Tyson's punch out. <laughs> I think I beat Mike Tyson once, maybe. I don't know. I got my ass kicked a lot of times by Mike Tyson. I, I get there and wah 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 wah. Yeah. No, and um, and Chris, you you remember my roommate Ryan? The, the Spaniard Don Flamenco. You punched you uh you no, alternate right. punches on him and you can yeah. knock him down. No, I I can only get back to I want to say. Or King Hippo was that a King Hippo? King Hippo was the one you Don punched Flamenco. In the yeah, because King. Or, well, King Hippo, you punched in the mouth and then you punched in the belly button. He and he would go. You could only punch him in the face when his mouth was open. Correct. But Don Flamenco yeah. had this thing where, like, he he would do the big he uppercut, would... and then you just alternated B A B A B A B A, and then you could take him out. It was that was yeah. that was the the trick on him. It was one what? of those two though who uh, they would like taunt you and they would do that thing where they would kind of laugh and they would like sort of flex like they were trying to to. Um, to challenge you to come at them. And then we go like, that was Don Flamenco. Yeah. Don Flamenco yeah. did that. Yes. That was Don Flamenco. Um, yeah. I, I was going to say, because I've been able to play that with the Nintendo throwback, but I can only get to about Soda Popinski and then I get my ass kicked. So I do like that it's on there. It's, it's also, it, by today's standards, really racist. Oh, yeah. They would never do this. Like, the Russian is a drunk, and there's, like, a caricature of a Japanese guy that's going to kamikaze you. And the the Frenchman you start out with is weak. And then, you know, like, there's a Nazi. And then there's, like, it's kind of bad in that sense. But it was also a great game. It was really fun. Uh, all the NHL games through the 90s were pretty good. Well, I, I should say about 91 to 95. Um, uh, they were fantastic. The the pre-93 where um, where their heads would bleed when you... <laughs> mm-hmm. like I think it was 91, you could still fight. 93, you could hit them, and their heads would bleed. And then 95... Make Ronix head bleed! What was that? Make Ronix head bleed. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, I'm going to make Gretzky's head bleed. Gretzky's head bleed, that's right. Uh, uh, and then 95, I think, was when they cleaned that stuff up and they wouldn't let you do any of it anymore. I was going to say, but the only 95, thing I... 95 was the superior game of those. I, th- I believe it still ranks as one of the best like those hockey games video games fun. out there. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah the, the number of dorm room, you know, during college that you played yeah nhl 95 i can remember post-college yeah. was, um was tiger woods was the game my roommate yeah, and chris you met chris yeah. you met my roommate ryan him and i would yeah. play we would start playing the two of us against like sunday tiger and somebody else and we'd be drinking the whole time and then when we'd lose we're like oh we got to try this again and we keep drinking not really putting the two together that the reason why we're losing is because we're drinking and then we keep trying and then the game was cheating. You know, we, we start going on Chris conspiracies. That the game was screwing us over kind of thing. So I also always got ended in good NASCAR. time. I get into the NASCAR for a while. I had this, this friend, you were very into NASCAR for a while. Who, yeah. yeah. Who, uh, like I even went to a couple races. Like I, now I watch it. And I'm like, this is terribly boring. But for a while I, I, I had thought it was just kind of, fun and i still think that racing video games are fun so i don't have nascar i don't even know if they make nascar anymore but um, they do. do they they do oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the i think the, i think for me the the best video games other than like the gran turismo and what and i forget the forza sports or whatever the f1 racing game i think is but they get, yeah, the f1 game they get really they get they get really, really technical, and that's just above my attention span for a video game at this point. I get why they do it; just 
it's I don't yeah ever... it's I I kind of just want like my pit crew to do that for me and I just go out and race the car it's kind of like football manager I don't have the energy level for that like that, that's there's too, too many I don't care if the scout in Angola is mad that he's not getting his paycheck on time or whatever like that's too level too much detail for me. <laughs> Like it, the football manager is just like it's so, it's so in the weeds. You're like Jesus Christ. Can we just play the game? Um, I I you know and to this day, Pat, I know you're gonna laugh about it. I spent the money on it and still can't get the damn thing to work. So I will trust your judgment on football manager, and not worry about it, and just call it a lost cause. He paid for it and has, <laughs> and three days after he paid for it, they made it free for two weeks, which is hilarious to me. Which is when I played it, but. Um, I also have the they have the mobile version, which is like a scaled down. And then, but I was Arsenal in that, and I played this a few months ago. I was Arsenal in that, and tell me if this sounds familiar. We started out very strong, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> we started losing every single game. Every single then, game, or in, due to injury? There was some of that. We we lost like a bunch of matches in a row. Aubameyang wanted to leave. It felt so familiar to me. November that hit. We lost yeah. a bunch of games. Everyone yeah. got hurt. We didn't replace them in January. And then yeah, the I, I, was I'm, over. It felt so familiar to me. It was almost like traumatic. I'm like, I'm not doing this. All right. So, so, so you, so you. I think you touched on it earlier, Pat. But I do want to kind of come back to this. It was the thought of games in empty stadiums. Where, where do you come to? I mean, at this point. Is that a good thing, a bad thing? Do you care anymore? Where, where do you, where do you I think, think that's that going to fall in? In general, yes, people would want some sports rather than no sports. Uh, I know that different sports will have different challenges on that. Like the NFL is basically a TV show at this point anyway, so what's the difference? Most people would probably tell you they prefer to watch the game on um, TV. But like for MLS, uh, a significant portion of their revenue comes from ticket sales. I, their TV contract isn't uh, the monstrosity. Isn't that the NFL lucrative? Has. Yeah, exactly. So they need those tickets more than the NFL does. And so I wonder for them if, if it's a, a tougher business decision to say that they're going to uh, come back and play without fans. But I, I do think, and this is not based on any knowledge that I have, this is just me speculating, but I do think that is something that they are looking at so and i mean yeah baseball i know is looking at it basketball and i i think like i said i think we talked about this before we started but it was like football and, bow, 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 bow. Football and basketball can go without it but that's about without fans i think everybody else is kind of dependent on the gate revenue to at least but so you'll take empty. So at this point, you'll take an empty stadium. Versus. Yeah, I mean, plus empty like empty stadium is better than nothing right now. Right. Like, if you're watching a baseball game, what's the difference? Like the the crowd's so dead at most baseball games anyway, until you get to the playoffs, that it's basically the same feel on TV of it. You know, it's a Sox game might only have 500 people at it. So <laughs> a thousand. That's true. Really I, I would matter. say, I would say if there's a sport designed to have the no no fans, it might be golf. Yeah, that would be fine. Like it, it's, it's. I know that like the NBA, there was that report that the NBA had looked at having like remote horse games where like some of the stars will play each other in separate gyms and try to match each other's shots. I'm like, yeah, g- give it to me. Just get whatever you've got. Put it yeah. on TV. They're gonna do that. That actually sounds like that's gonna happen. They're working oh, really? on that. Yeah, that yeah. one. I, I saw new reports. That one's gonna happen. Um, Fantastic. Let's do it. I was say the one and i kind of touched on the video games because of the e, the nascar i've watched a little bit of that if you like racing it isn't bad it, it's is it perfect no but it's the fact that they actually use the real announcers they have the actual drivers doing this on pc and it's pretty damn funny to see the different setups that they have some of them have gone all out and others just have like a couple of monitors and a, and a steering wheel but it plays i guess pretty realistic so where do you um, watch it Fox is it has Fox is airing it. Fox uh, Fox Sports One, I think, has it has the weekly NASCAR, the esports challenge or whatever. They're esports, and it's the I guess like I said, it's it's like it's Kyle Busch, it's um, Dale Earnhardt Jr., but it, it's the actual drivers, do, Jimmy Johnson, that actually do this. 
I guess the best part about that would be the worst part about NASCAR to me is when a race takes seven hours because there's four rain delays and then they have to stop it because somebody nearly dies in a crash and all that. That with the computerized version of it, it would speed all that up. Well, so. and it's and when they crash, it's they get like one reset and then they're done. The pits are, I think it's all standardized. Like you don't get an advantage in or out, out of the pits or that kind of thing. So it's pretty much just down to the racing. So yeah, um, Billy throws and, a and tr- it, trucker bomb true, out there and, and no, and in true NASCAR in a true NASCAR fashion, I think it was it was Bubba Wallace got pissed and just quit last week. Just like left the game or whatever. So in true video game NASCAR put together challenge, you, you had that. So I are you that, a NASCAR fan, TJ? I grew my dad. I grew up watching NASCAR. My dad was was big into NASCAR. He's been to races himself. Um, well, your dad I, used to do uh, used to work in the pit crew for uh, a sprint car team. Um, yes, he did. yeah, he did. Yeah, a World of Outlaws was, team. Um, well, more more central, more Midwest. Not quite. Very the Outlaws knowledge. would come once or twice a year. But yeah, I mean, all over the they go. I have been to World of Outlaws Miami. races, and I will tell you, they're pretty damn fun. I've been to one. I went to one up like on the Wisconsin, Minnesota. I want to say it was like Somerset, Wisconsin, or something like that. And yeah, it was it was pretty fun. Um, so it's an inter- it's an in- uh, that was an inter- an interesting experience. We'll just we'll leave that one at that. So um, but so I've yeah I've watched NASCAR for a lot of years. Um, do I watch it anymore? Yeah, here and there. But like I said, I'm more interested in watching the esports version than the real one. Again, but I think Pat hit it right. It's, it's. I think it's an hour or two hours, and it's done, and that's it. It's also just a novelty to me, but sure. And it's, it's as close to live sports as you're going to get right now, unless you're watching. Is it the Belarusian league? Yeah, yeah. Those I, nut I, jobs, I their shirts off and their jeans unbuttoned. They're just so weird. It's such a weird vibe that they give off. Um. <laughs> I, you know what? The the thing you can't replicate in, in e-NASCAR, though, is my favorite thing about NASCAR is the post-match interview, the post-race interview, I should say, uh, where they, like, slap the top of the hood and then throw the Gatorade bottle around, and then they thank, you know, Valvoline and Cummins, Chevrolet, the, the number... F- Number four, Valvoline Cummins Chevrolet was running all right. I don't even know if this who number if you four don't, is. But... If you don't chew Big Red, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Doritos really had us uh, running all right. I'd like to thank everybody in the shop, from the guys who build the engines down to the guys who sweep the floors. This car is running all right tonight. Like I love those rehearsed kind of like hillbilly twang with their polished interviews. It's the best thing about NASCAR to me. Fuck you, Danica. You stupid <laughs> Chris, you've been waiting to do that, haven't you? <laughs> as soon as the NASCAR thing came up, I was like, oh, it's got to come. There'll be a moment. <laughs> there's a reason why There's a reason why Talladega Nights is so funny, because it's true. <laughs> so. You know, fast and turn laughing. <laughs> so... I know you guys both do a lot of Twitter. So, is it, are you guys getting bored with the like you can only choose three or which quarantine house are you? And you guys getting done with all the with those? Or is there any one of them that you thought was the line of questioning on this show is so <laughs> wild? Why not? You, you got anything else you want to talk about, Pat? <laughs> no, it's wanna... just like it's so random. There's no way to prepare for any of this. Exactly. I want you guys to be. I want honest answers, not rehearsed ones. Have like you guys noticed the price of grapes? Uh, where you're thanking the guys, you're thanking the guys at the bottom, you know, sweeping the floors and so on and so forth. I don't want the polished answers there, Patrick. Uh, so so. I, I guess I'm not bored with it in the sense that it's something to look at. Okay. I have to be on Twitter for you know any time that. Uh, one of the important entities that I follow for my work tweets something, I get a notification. And so I'm on Twitter all the time. And uh, yeah, the, the, which quarantine house do you want to be in questions are kind of fun that some people are putting out. And I, I think that, you know, some of the other rando content that's out there has been pretty fun during this time. I think if you're able to come up with content sports related 
when there are no sports, I you're doing okay. So I, I'm not going to shit on anybody for, for trying. Well, seeing I know you're, you said you're a 90s Bulls apologist. How many days until the last dance? I think it's not this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday. So maybe like 10. Okay. And there's nothing to apologize for for the 90s Bulls. They were just that good. It's true. Uh, there's there's definitely that. No, I, I and I I feel like that's like the only the biggest sports event coming up out there any anytime soon. That's really exciting. Like that's going to be really exciting to see that. It'll be interesting based on the calendar, I, you know, and I know this is Go ahead, Pat. I I'm just like it's I cannot wait for it. And the fact that they moved it up because of this, I just think it's fantastic. Yeah, it, that that I will say is interesting to see content moved up in the various ways other media content like movies and so on are being pushed out, especially movies that are being pushed out that they can't that people can't go to the theaters now. So to see what, what Yeah, the one weird thing about it to me is that it's it's the same thing. It was the 1998 season and they had all these cameras and all this footage and they never used it. And it reminds me of that Maradona movie that came out late last year where they had cameras on him everywhere all the time and then they never used it. And the filmmaker had to to track down all of that, um, all that stuff. And I know that, I think I remember reading that one of the reasons why the bull stuff never came out right away was because Jordan was concerned that his like maniacal practice habits and stuff like that would make him look bad with his fans. And now I think that, you know, looking back, he's, he wants people to show, wants to show people what it took to do what they did. But um, I can't remember if the punch of Steve Kerr was that season or if it was the season prior, but I know they're making, and I wonder if this is hindsight too, because he's the coach of the Warriors, but they, it seems like they're marketing Steve Kerr as one of the main characters, even more than like Tony Kukoc. Um, obviously Jordan and Pippen and Rodman and Phil Jackson will be main characters, but it seems like, but Steve Kerr is, is, is one of them too. And he was a much lesser player on those teams than like Kukoc or Ron Harper. Um, but, but uh, when you, but when you think of somebody who would be able to fill in all the gaps and would, yeah, be, a good, inter- would be a good interview, would that's you rather great. hear Tony Kukoc or Steve Kerr? And that's a knock on Tony Kukoc. I think he might be a great interview, but Steve Kerr is a fantastic interview. So that's a great point. Like his interviews are probably that good. So, I mean, the, when, when it comes down to it, aside from Michael, the next two I'd want to hear, I, I think Kerr just because he wasn't as prominent in the game itself he might have more observations from the outside but other than michael it would be phil would be the other one i would want to hear every you know everything and hopefully the level of disdain towards kraus and the reinsdorfs will be eminent would be prominent i think that will be that's what i hope is a lot of it just how much they truly hated each other at that point so i hope they went to perth australia and got luke longley too Roger Bennett tracked him down for a uh, Men in Blazers podcast a few years back that I thought was pretty fun. Wonder how old Luke is doing down there. Probably fine. It's Australia. I mean, yeah. it, it seems like that's but so. All right, forty-eight probably minutes. Fine. It's Australia. It's probably fine. It's Australia. They were, so, they were on fire, and we all forgot about it because we got this coronavirus thing now. Well, until Tom Hanks got it in Australia and gave it to Australia. So that's we, true. we can blame Tom Hanks for that, really. Um, so, I don't know. We're close enough to an hour. I think we're going to call it a night here. So, that Chris, you've been... wild show. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just... Again, it's content. It's something. It's conversation. It beats the hell out of watching the same depressing crap on TV if you're watching anything that's, like, news-oriented now. So... It's like um, you're, you're like, I mean, there's there's Andrew Cromwell's nipple rings we could talk about or whatever. But like it's it's uh, it's like if you had to ask me, like if somebody said, what did you guys talk about on the show? What was the topic of that podcast? I'd be like, I don't know. We talked about about 19 different things. <laughs> but but in today's world, that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> you really I mean, do could we really fill an hour of? soccer at this point no and i wouldn't expect us to 
I, I just I'm sad we didn't do because last week we talked about Tiger King and we decided not to record. I'm sad we didn't do a Tiger King special. You know, we yep. can do a Tiger yes, King special. Carol Baskins. So I think let's, you need we, to watch. We will it. do a we will do a teaser for next week. I, I will attempt to watch Tiger King, and then if I watch Tiger King, we will do next week. We will do a Tiger King recap episode, and I'm going to hate myself for every minute of it, and I'll probably be absolutely hammered. But I think we can accomplish that. So there, there's your teaser for next week. We will do an in-depth recap of Tiger King. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it'd be, I think it'd be great. I think that's what the minivan dad listeners would want to hear in in lieu of soccer talk. Well, because there's, you know, like I said, uh, unless we want to do a deep dive into the Belarusian league. Which I really have no interest in, which probably surprises you, Pat. Believe it. Or yeah, not. I have expressed my thoughts on the Belarusian league uh, to guys in private. I think there's something going on there, and I don't want to do that publicly. All right, so we'll, we'll leave the Belarusian league alone. So, any final thoughts for this week, then, Pat? Uh, no. I think All we've right. been, Chris, we've been quiet for a while, so I'll let you get your final thoughts in. Yeah, I got nothing else. You're done. Carol Baskins. Carol Baskins. <laughs> you know, I go through where I to find us, but if, you, if you're listening, you know how to find us by now. And on that point, on that note, you're done. There ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. Only darkness every day. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home